You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us. Uh, Chris Heller, who's the Chief Real Estate Officer now at Ojo Labs. Uh, prior to that, um, he was formerly the CEO of Keller Williams. Um, he's been in real estate since he was 20 years old and uh, went to build on one of the most successful real estate teams in the U.S. Uh, he's currently out of Austin, Texas. Um, and he, you know, primarily, like I said, he, he was president of KW Worldwide in, in 2010 um, and then in 2015, uh, transition to um, uh, technology side, which he can you know speak about as well. But when he was um, CEO and president, he um, always encouraged his real estate agents to invest um, into real estate, whether it was actively or passively, um, into a syndication or um, you know on their own through you know a partnership. Um, so we want to hear a little bit more about that, and really excited to have Chris on the show and and. Uh, tell our audience your experience. So thanks for coming on, Chris. Hey, Anthony, uh, thanks for having me. Always, uh, always happy to talk about real estate and investing. So, how did, so you started when you were 20. So kind of what was the, that's pretty early. So most people don't start out till they're a little bit later in life. So what was the, the kind of the light bulb moment for you and uh, how did that work? Yeah, it was, it was it was actually, um, I was in college and there were two things that happened. One was uh, <clears throat> my dad and I invested in a property in a college town um, and we got a builder to build it and it was a, a flip. And then later that year, he called me and said, hey, you're going to get your real estate license and come up here and work for the summer. He, he was up in Lake Tahoe managing a timeshare resort. So as a summer job, I, I sold timeshares. Uh, ultimately, a few years later, um, met a real estate broker. And after about three years of him uh, recruiting me and, and trying to get me to join his company, I, I finally did. And, and that's, that's all I've done ever since. Excellent. So, so it was started out pretty at, you know, at a yearly, early age and, and you guys were investing um, so kind of what happened from there? Like, how did you, how did you grow your team at, at you know, I guess starting out as, as a, almost like a junior agent, how did you kind of grow into that um, senior role and then eventually, you know, kind of take over and, um, you know, manage your team and like, how did you, you know, I, and I guess over what time period did you do that? I'm very curious to hear. Yes. So it actually started in residential real estate in, in 1989 and became rookie of the year in San Diego that year. I sold 27 homes and I, I really, I didn't really know what I was doing. I hadn't, <clears throat> real estate was new to me. And like I said, I had been talked into getting into the business. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I had thought about for a long time or contemplated. But I was very driven, I was very focused, and I was willing to do whatever it took to be successful, um, obviously within, within reason. And, and, and so worked really hard uh, and, and you know, had, a, had a good you know, first year in the business. 
by the end of that first year, I realized the only way I could do more was to leverage myself and to hire someone so that I could have more time to just help people buy and sell homes. <clears throat> so I hired a, an assistant, which back then was not commonplace. In fact, I was one of the younger agents in the office of, of 60 or 70 agents. And, you know, no one had an assistant, no one had a team. And so I remember getting a lot of catching a lot of flack for that as this young whippersnapper, you know, who hired someone to, to uh, do things for him so he could be out there selling more homes. But it just made sense. You know, I was watching agents who would spend several hours a day folding letters or stuffing envelopes. Uh, remember, this was pre-internet, so, <laughs> so everything was done, um, you know, manually. And, uh, and that, that allowed me to, to sell more homes. And as I sold more and more homes, I needed more and more help to, to take care of the business. So the, the, sort of the, the team was born out of that. And again, this was, this was before teams in real estate be, had become commonplace. But for me, it just was, it, it was logical. It made good business sense. Um, along the way, you know, I had gone through uh, several different economic cycles and, and downturns. And then some of these downturns, there were, there were great opportunities for foreclosure properties and <laughs> investment properties. And as my business grew, I also met more and more people. You know, and I met people on, on the commercial side and I met people in the family, <clears throat> in the multifamily side of the business and started to make investments, uh, investing in, in buying properties myself, investing in, you know, uh, tenant and commons and some syndications and uh, really started to create and build, build, build wealth that way. Uh, as my business grew and as I eventually became, you know, one of the top agents in the country and then, um, you know, became a, <clears throat> went, went to work as an executive for Keller Williams and built their global business, um, launched Keller Williams around the world, and then ultimately became the CEO of the company. I was always a strong advocate for agents and agents investing in real estate. And, and the unfortunate part is that most agents don't. Uh, they may and hopefully own a home. Um, they may have bought it before they got into real estate or, or after. But most agents are so busy trying to make the next sale and helping the next the next consumer create wealth in real estate that they don't they don't think about for themselves. And when you when you really stop and think about that, agents have the perfect opportunity to do it. They get to see opportunities before most people. They are bringing opportunities to the market. And there's many ways where agents could participate in that in a way that would be beneficial to them and their clients, but most of them just aren't thinking about it enough. And that's, that's something that, you know, I hope, I hope continues to change. Yeah. Let's unpack that a little bit because um, I've been hearing this kind of more and more. And um, I, you know, I have some pretty good relationships with brokers and, and agents that um, whether they invest with, with my company or they invest on their own, it's starting to be more and more prevalent, but I'm noticing it's more of the, almost like the senior agents that have been in the business at least 10, 15 years. Um, how can we, you know, encourage more, you know, younger agents to kind of have that mentality and, and start out? Because like you said, it's, you know, agents mostly, uh, you're always trying to find the next sale, right? And that's how you're going to make a living. So if you're able to supplement that with, you know, passive cash flow you know, your mindset kind of completely shifts, in my opinion, um, 
it, it, you know, it, if, if you would agree with me in, in terms of, um, you know, your sales tactics and try, you know, rushing to try to make the next sale and, and, you know, just to make ends meet, whether, you know, you could still, you know, do the full-time um, agent side, but, you know, always know that you're having other income sources come in. So how do you kind of encourage more younger agents to, to start out early? Yeah, Anthony, that's a, it's a great question. There's, you know, there's opportunities everywhere. Uh, and we just have to be looking for them. We have to be thinking about them. We have to, you know, keep them in our consciousness. The, I remember early on, there were opportunities where I would have an investor client and I would see them, you know, buy a property or buy properties and either rent them out and, and create a good income or, or develop them or whatever it was. And I thought, you know, I, I want to be doing that. So what I started doing is whenever I had an investor and I was helping them with a purchase or sale or a transaction, I would always say, Hey, if you're looking for uh, any partners, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I'd love to be a partner with you. I can contribute my commission. I could contribute, um, you know, X amount of dollars. <clears throat> and even if I, even if I end up ended up owning three or five or 7% of a, of a project or a property or uh, some units, um, that that always paid off. It always paid off in the future, either when we when we sold them or through the revenue that it generated. And it was a great way to get started and also build relationships with investors that were doing, you know, doing more and doing bigger things. So I think for for agents, you know, I think they get stuck up or stuck in the thought, well, I don't have enough money. You know, I'm barely, you know, I'm making payments on my house. I'm I'm barely making ends meet. I don't have the money to go out and buy an investment property. Well, you know, you can do it with a small amount of money with the right partner. Uh, I then also started seeing, and I think other agents can do this too, is I had other, um, you know, friends that, that I would go in with, um, either that were in the mortgage industry or, or any jobs and say, hey, if, you, if you'd like to invest, um, I'm looking for someone to partner with. And sometimes, you know, they would put up the down payment <clears throat> and I would handle the you know, the management of the property and, you know, we'd come up with some, uh, you know, some equity uh, um, split or we'd split the down payment. There were, there were lots of different ways to do it. Um, a lot of times I couldn't get more loans or couldn't get another loan in my name. So I would bring in a partner and say, Hey, I have this great opportunity. Um, if you'd like, we can go in 50, 50. I just need you to get the loan in your name. You know, I'll put down half the money and we'll, we'll split half the, the expenses and, 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 and sharing half the profits. So anyway, there's lots of ways of doing it. I think the main thing is for agents just to have that as part of their focus so that when the opportunities come up, they actually recognize it. Oh, that's a good point. So, and I've noticed, you know, I feel like education is key, right? So I've noticed that, you know, at least with KW, more investor-friendly agents, you know, in terms of the other competition that's out there, whether it's Caldwell Banker or Weikert, I've noticed that KWs, um, you know, they, and again, I'm not an agent, so I've never been through the training process, but is there kind of, you know, when you go through, obviously you get your license, et cetera, but then there's separate tra training. Um, is, is that part of the conversation, you know, with, with KW? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a um, good question. No, it's not really part of the curriculum or the, the training, but it is something that, you know, I know when I was there, I talked a lot about. 
um, because I wanted to see agents, you know, create wealth and I wanted to see agents build, build their portfolios. Um, we did have a, a, a book at some point along the way, Gary Keller wrote a book called the real estate investor, which was a book that we again, strongly encouraged our agents to not only read, but to use that book um, and provide it to any uh, either real estate investors that they had or people that wanted to become investors in real estate. And it really just gave them the, the, the basics of, you know, making sound investments and, and how to, how to go about the, the different um, components of, of, you know, investing in real estate. So the, you know, I think, uh, but like I said, for most agents, it's just a matter of, you know, they, a lot of times agents are good about setting goals on, on how many homes they are going to sell or what, what income they want to achieve for the year. But rarely do I see them set goals of, you know, adding to their real estate portfolio or figuring out how to invest in, you know, multifamily or, or, you know, or any type of real estate for that matter. Yeah. I feel like it's such a good or kind of overlooked opportunity because you can have goals for both. And, and like you said, if they're already in the trenches, you know, working with buyers and sellers and investors and, and, you know, basic anybody in the industry all day, it, there should be plenty of opportunities to, to do so. So I find that um, a little bit of a, of a overlooked uh, part of being an agent. Um, so can you um, talk? I, I, okay, I agree with you. They do, they do overlook it. Um, and, and, and hopefully <laughs> any of them listening to this will start to think about it differently. So Chris, can you talk about um, what the transition was like for you to, you know, from agent to almost agent to manager to CEO, like how, how is it different? Um, and if you, you know, sort of, cause I, you know, I hear a lot of, you know, business owners who kind of start to expand their team, you know, including myself, they kind of, they were in the weeds and they kind of like being in the weeds, but then when they're not in the weeds, it's just like completely different. <laughs> um, whether it's in a good way or a bad way. So I just want to hear your experience with that as well. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I always ran my real estate um, business as a business. You know, I operated off a of P&L. I operated off a of schedule. I, I, uh, most real estate agents are sort of like a, a ship without a rudder or a pinball in a pinball machine, you know, reacting to, to whatever is happening. I, I took a very a very calculated business approach to, to what I was doing. So when I made the transition from a, a real estate agent and owning a running and, and a team to, and, and having owned and, and run brokerages to becoming an executive in the company and becoming president of the worldwide division, the, I had a good foundation and the basics were there. The, the biggest adjustment came where, you know, when you're, when you're the boss, of a small business, um, you make all the decisions and there's really, um, and, and what gets done and how it gets done is largely, is largely, um, uh, you know, predicated upon, you know, your activities and what you're doing when you move into a, or, and when I moved into a, a more of a corporate role in a, in a, a corporate position, you know, there were lots of people involved. So when I needed something done, whether it was from marketing or legal or, or, or from the, the tech team, I was competing with a lot of other, a lot of other demands that, that were on those groups. 
you know, because we're now part of a bigger enterprise. So really, really getting used to and becoming good at, you know, succeeding through others and working through others to get things done versus when you're, you know, an entrepreneur and a, or a small business owner, it's, it's really you getting things done. And so that was a transition that took a little, a little getting used to, uh, and was a little different, you know, things, things happen at a little slower pace when you're, you know, part of a, a larger enterprise. And when you're, when you're, you know, uh, working through uh, other departments and, and groups of people to get things done, but, uh, but that's part of, you know, that's the nature of, of, of being in a big business. Yeah, I, I will say that the, uh, the adjustment, um, you know, is, if I'm making it sound like it was not a good adjustment, that, that's not the case. It was, it was an adjustment. Adjustments are, I, I don't perceive them as good or bad. It's, it's how we react right. to them and, and how we, what we're doing to impact them. I think the, um, the biggest thing is, is learning how to get things done and, again, succeeding through other people to get those things done and do it in, a, in a, you know, an effective and a, in a timely way. So Chris, can you, you talk about, um, so you, obviously you're CEO, president. So can you talk about what you're, what you're up to now and what you've been focusing on? Yeah. So I, um, after Keller Williams, I, I joined uh, uh, one of the largest mortgage companies in the country, Loan Depot, and, and became the CEO of, of a sister company called Mellow Home <clears throat> and was there for about a year and a half and learned, learned a lot about the internal workings of, of, of the mortgage industry and mortgage companies. Um, I, I had, prior to that, I had in, invested in a, a startup in Austin, Texas called Ojo Labs and uh, actually became an advisor for them and ultimately became a, a board member. Uh, they had continued to grow, continued to grow at a really fast pace. And about a year and a half ago, they approached me and said, hey, we could really use you like full time. And, um, and at the time it, uh, I made the decision to join them. It was, you know, it was big challenge, big opportunity, exciting, fast paced <laughs> and a great team. Uh, at Ojo, we do a lot of things. We've, we've developed a, an artificially intelligent, uh, what we call a real estate advisor where consumers can just through conversational text messaging, converse with Ojo and ask real estate questions and, and learn about real estate properties and, and, and actually start to create a, um, <clears throat> uh, and learn the, the characteristics of the type of properties they're looking for. And as they're doing that, Ojo learns their preferences. And as we learn their preferences, we're able then to share properties with them that, that meet that criteria or that match, you know, um, uh, a lot of the different preferences that a consumer may, may either overtly or, inadvertently um, exhibit that, that they have. We then, when a consumer wants or needs to be connected with a, with a service professional, either a, someone to provide them with a mortgage or a real estate agent to help them with a, the, buying a property or selling a property, then we make those introductions. Uh, we also have a, in June of this year, we acquired a company called Mavoto. Uh, Mavoto is a real estate search portal. It's one of the most trafficked uh, real estate sites in the country. In fact, it's, I think it's the number fifth um, real estate portal. 
and there's a lot of consumers that are on that side on a monthly basis and they see properties, they want to go look at the properties, they want to get questions answered. And when they contact us, we find out how we can help them. And if they do in fact need to be uh, connected with a real estate agent, we facilitate that introduction to the real estate agent um, so that the agents can help those consumers with, with their, their real estate needs. So that's a little Great. bit about what, what we're doing and what I'm spending time on right now. That's very interesting. Uh, can you talk a little bit um, as we start to wind this down, Chris, um, about the experience, at least with you right now, is, is, is Ojo. So you mentioned you've been more of a advisory role. So are you, uh, but obviously, you know, they kind of asked if you wanted to go full time. So are you kind of in the trenches again or are you a high level? Like how did, you know, is it sounds yeah, like you so. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the executive team, but I'm also, you know, when you're in a startup, you're never far from being in the trenches and most of the time you are in the trenches. And, and I don't mind that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's actually kind of fun to be super productive all the time and um, to be making an impact in a positive way and, and to be on a team that you really enjoy and, and is all moving in the same direction at a really fast pace. Uh, at the same time, I, I do focus a lot on strategy and, 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 and you know, corporate opportunities and uh, enterprise relationships. So there's, there's a, a lot I get to do. And I'm also an advisor for several other companies and an investor in, in a handful of, of technology companies too. So I, I get to spend time thinking really when it comes to real estate and the real estate industry, I've, I've, I've just been very active in it for so long and I continue to be active in it at a lot of different levels. In fact, I still have my real estate team in San Diego that, you know, every day is helping people buy and sell homes there. That's great. And are you able to leverage the technology piece for at least obviously, you know, very passive, it sounds like in the um, San Diego side, are you able to have your agents leverage this technology? Yeah, we, we, we not only use Ojo, but we, we leverage a lot of technologies. I mean, there's, uh, in the last, you know, five to seven years, the amount of, of money that's flowed into the industry in the form of, uh, you know, new startups and technology platforms and, and products has been, has been just at a breakneck pace. And so, you know, agents are at a necessity having to, you know, leverage technology to, you know, to keep up with consumer demand and, and consumer behavior and consumer expectations. So, you know, the smart agents are, are whether it's on the investment side, on the sales side, on the property management side, are, are leveraging technology in a big way to make sure that they're meeting or exceeding the, you know, customer expectations. That's great. I, I think that's important too, especially, you know, because like you said, you have a lot of agents that may have been doing the same thing for, you know, 30, 40 years sometimes. And uh, they, they don't plan on retiring because they love the job. But um, if the times are, you know, they are changing. And like you said, there's a lot of money flowing in on the tech side. Um, so that's great. So Chris, we're going to wind this down now. Um, how can people find you and, and learn more about you and um, learn more about Ojo as well? Yeah, so I mean, you, you can message me on LinkedIn or Facebook, uh, Chris Heller, uh, or you can feel free to send me an email, cheller at ojolabs.com, and it's ojolabs.com. And we'll have a link to uh, 
the Ojo website, as well as a link to Chris's LinkedIn in the show notes. Uh, so you can reach out to him directly. And if everybody, if you guys liked what you listened to today, if you could please give us a rating and review on iTunes, it really helps um, our show get seen and, and heard. Um, so Chris and I can get our message out to more, more people um, in the industry that are interested in learning more. So Chris, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Hey, Anthony, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, happy to chat anytime. Thanks, Chris.